1: 20 minutes a day, 365 days a year. This is the Pack-A-Day podcast. What is going on Packers fans? Welcome into another Saturday edition of the Pack-A-Day podcast. I am your host Matt Frelick. It has been a week Eli and I just want to get out Right in front of this, I noticed I, I saw Open Book back on the interwebs this week. Popped in real quick and noticed that we were um, vehicle shaming still in twenty twenty two. I just want to make sure that you know whatever happens on Game on Wisconsin on um, you know Open Book, we don't we don't shame all the time on Pack a Day podcast, but specifically um, audio, automobile shame, especially when someone can't defend herself. That being uh, Janelle yeah. Mackey Eli. So I hopefully you can get behind that and you can respect the, my small rules as uh, going forward.
2: Absolutely, I, it was definitely not vehicle shaming. It was more just some vehicle investi- investigating that may have turned into some amount of sh- uh, shaming. But we'll 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 stay away from that here on Packer And the
1: and the crazy thing is, I instantly, I don't know who it was. If it was Andrew, if it was Zach, if it was yourself, that was like, oh, she's connected to Bluetooth. I was like, well, yeah, that that had to have happened. And then someone, I think, it obviously had to be you or Zach that knew, you know, knows Janelle very well, great friends with her. Was like, no, I know Janelle's vehicle. They don't have Bluetooth in that car. And then in my head, I was like, what the hell happened in this vehicle? Like, <laughs> did she did she plug in the aux cord? Did she have the take deck connected to the phone? Like, I was very very confused what happened. But um, Janelle is not here to defend herself. Actually, right now she is was coaching um, her softball team, the Cougars, out in Minnesota State. Softball, so make sure to check in with her to see how they did. I believe the the results are still pending, but I think it's been an, an absolute journey for her. So, um, that being said. It was a really fun episode last week. Obviously training camp's been a blast. Some stuff has occurred throughout this week that everyone in Packaday has covered from, you know, the receivers and I guess the the conversation going on there, where those guys are going to trickle in. Mm-hmm. Uh specifically the defensive backs having just a ton of swagger, a lot of lot of like high motor, high energy stuff. Adrian Amos had a really really good audio clip or video/audio slash audio just talking about how it's one of the most unique, funny Personality rooms probably in all of football, and it's tough to argue that when you have Jair Alexander there, just being an absolute maniac and absolutely yeah. funny as hell. So, you know, there was there's some paintball going on, on Thursday. Not much to get into there. We could have drafted our paintball teams; that would be kind of fun. I don't even know how I'd select. I believe Kurt Banker would be probably first overall pick, and yeah. there might even be some some trade acquisitions there. But we're gonna go back to the well, and we kind of previewed it last week. We went with non-offensive players. Going to defense, um, some of the notable names there. I remember I picked uh Darnell Savage at quarterback. I believe uh, there was a couple other guys that came across the way there that was like it was it wasn't too difficult. I think it was there was a ton of snubs. uh First and foremost, I think Rico Gaffer was a snub probably could have been from a DB to receiver. Easy transition for him having formerly been there um, this spring. I think another one was Adrian Amos, could have been a quarterback. There's a couple linemen maybe here or there that could have been shifted over, but uh, we're going to stick with the script here, Elian. We're going to go from now from the non defensive side of the ball throw those guys onto defense. So again, you and Janelle decided that, Hey, we can go with sec or, you know, special teamers that being returners, snappers, punters, kickers. And obviously we can go with offensive players shifting to the defensive side of the ball. Um, does your strategy, Eli change it at all with this draft? I know we're going to kind of mix up the draft order here, but any strategy that you saw when you're putting your draft board together, is it pretty much the same as far as the the crop of players, um, going to the defensive side?
2: Um, Pretty similar, mostly looking just for guys that would both physically fit the position that I'm looking for, but also would potentially bring some kind of fun, different aspect to it, being an offensive player to the defense or defense to the offense, where, you know, because kind of like last week where you mentioned a snub, you know, where let's say Kenny Clark didn't get picked at all for offensive line, because, you know, some of them can be more obvious than not, so we're trying to have some fun with it. So, yeah, I'm uh, going to be a little bit of a mixture of logic slash what can be a fun thing to
1: see. No doubt. I think it is a little bit more entertaining because you, you we're able to see the athleticism maybe a little bit more of the offensive guys um, because they catch the football more often, run the football, throw the football, etc. So I think it's a little bit more entertaining. Um, you know, aesthetically pleasing to actually push these guys into defensive spots. So I did say we were going to flip the draft order a little bit. I had first pick last week and with Janelle not being here, it seems just easy to put her in the, uh, in the middle spot in that two spot and you will be the first overall pick. So, Mm -hmm. um, Having gone into it last week, I really didn't even value the first overall pick. I went with um, KB Nento, which I probably could have got later, just the way the draft trended. But I wanted to go and snag a guy that I thought was an easy transition at that 1-1 one, one spot. So you are on the clock, Eli. Who is your selections for your defensive lineman, linebacker, or secondary player that is a non-defensive player coming to that side of the ball?
2: So I think I got to start off with my linebacker. And I know the Packers right now have Devondre Campbell and Quay Walker in the middle, and obviously Rashawn Gary and Preston on the edges. But I just feel like A.J. Dillon would be such a dominant linebacker. And I I can honestly see him playing in the middle or on the edge. You know, I think he has the body type that could fit as a middle linebacker coming down, tackling running backs in the backfield, going after the quarterback, also athletic enough to have, you know, play some coverage. But at the same time, you know, Quadzilla, you look at those quads, you see his strength, you could see him coming off the edge and embarrassing a tackle and just destroying the quarterback for a sack. So I see him almost as a hybrid inside-outside linebacker, A.J. Dillon, just someone that really – I mean, I feel like you could almost put him anywhere on the field with his athleticism, strength, speed, intelligence. All of it goes into it. And linebacker, you obviously have to be a smart
1: player to be out there playing linebacker. And I think A.J. Dillon fits that perfectly. I think you're spot on, man. I really do. I think that's a a hell of a selection. I just think of the way he could fill a hole and stop the run. I mean, it would just be an absolute menace. Now that being said, I think that uh, that's a really, really good selection. I, l- I like the way he transfers over there on the defensive side of the ball. I noticed here. Um, so the way we're doing this too is Janelle, uh, her draft board was leaked to us, obviously from her scouts and her scouting department to make sure she was ready to you know submit these. We didn't want to be you know doing the, like pause the draft, fantasy football type stuff. So et cetera, et cetera. But she does have a selection in here, and it, AJ Dillon was her number one linebacker, and I think. For myself, putting my draft board together, she put an extensive one here. She's got a bunch of players, you know, tiered out. He would have been up there for me as well. And I, I don't think yeah. that's a, a, a that's crazy. I mean, say what you want about Eli's, um, I guess, morals and, you know, <laughs> integrity here. But I would have probably done the same thing if I had the first or pick and gone and snatched AJ Dillon. So we got it now, Eli, and we're going to kind of keep this a little bit, you know, a little check and balance here. I'm gonna throw the player out here for the position. And if you think it's it's a good selection from Janelle, or at least pivoting to myself, let's just stick with it. If you think there's a an issue there, because you do have a notice of her draft board, feel free to speak up. Again, we're trying to give Janelle the you know the most fair selections as possible. And I don't want to really take anyone off the list that's not a one-one for her at certain positions. So that being said, um, I would imagine her one overall would have been linebacker AJ Dillon playing in that in that. Up the middle spot, a player I'm going to go with for her, and I think it, it translates well. Um, would be Yash Nijman. I think at defensive line, that's a solid player for her. It's her yeah. first overall defensive lineman, really, really solid dude, athletic. He's came around a lot the last couple of years. I don't think he's definitively, you know, where he's ever going to end his career, whether it be with the Packers, whether it be offensive tackle, you know, left or right side. I think there's some options there, but. I think that's a fair spot to take Yosh Nijman for her. There could be some other dudes there, but that is her number one overall um, defensive lineman. I would love if she was on here, Eli, to actually explain yeah. why, because she has some people that are tiered lower than than him. But overall, got to go with the board, and I got to default to what she has there.
2: Yeah, and Yosh, look, that's that, that's not a bad
1: pick. The guy is
2: a massive human being who would be very difficult to block. I mean, you put him in the middle, and I don't know how many people are going to be able to block him. And also you got to think about his height at six, seven, you know, batting balls down the line of scrimmage, pushing the front of the pocket. You know, everyone knows the worst pressure is the pressure that comes at the middle and you have someone that's that six, seven coming at you over, over the center, over one of your guards, that makes it really hard for a quarterback to get rid of the ball.
1: Hell yeah! And I think you you probably sold me on a little bit more just the physical stature that is, Josh is just makes more sense. Um, so, just to recap, AJ Dillon, Eli took him off the board as linebacker, D lineman Janelle went with Josh Um, She flew in the picks from uh, Janelle McAfee football team. Uh, we got those in here. Uh, breaking news. So I get back to back here, and I'm I had back to back last week, but at the end of the round, I think it's a kind of a good value spot. Um, I'm really excited for this pick. I, you know, as much as we, I'll poke fun at. Eli for taking A.J. Dillon, which Janelle probably would have selected. Uh, I can equally get as much repercussions because this was the only player I had on my board that I knew I absolutely wanted. Um, She does have him as her second linebacker. Unfortunately for her, I don't think he actually is a linebacker. I see him more of as a defensive lineman. You want to talk about stature, defensive prowess. I think instantly when I think of this player, I think of Calais Campbell. Uh, Obviously Mm -hmm. former of the Jaguars and now on the Baltimore Ravens, an absolute specimen six, seven, six, eight, uh, whichever, you know, wherever you're looking, but I'm going Mercedes Lewis defensive line. I think it's an absolute smash to put him on the edge there. The the, the DN spot and a three, four, you know, a nickel base, whatever you want to call it. It's just someone that I have to put in my defense. Now, granted, a little longer in the tooth. How much time are we going to get out of Mercedes Lewis here? He's getting up there in the years, almost to his 20th year, probably in the league at this point. So not sure how many years you're going to have under him, especially for a first overall, you know, first round selection for me. But I love Mercedes Lewis there, and I truly, truly, truly believe he could be a really good defensive end, good outside linebacker. But for this case in scenario, D-line, we'll put him kind of that Kenny, Cl- Kenny Clark spot, if you will, um, for my selection there. Uh, your yeah. thoughts on my integrity picking Mercedes Lewis Janelle's? Uh, now we've picked her first and second linebacker off yeah. the board already.
2: Um, I I completely agree with you. I had uh, Lewis on my list uh, also, at, not not at the top, but on my list of uh, defensive linemen. I just thought between his strength, his knowledge of the game, and his size, it just it's 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 a great fit there, and obviously. You know, maybe five to seven years ago, he would have been a better off the edge kind of guy, a little bit quicker than that. Now, maybe you want to line him up over a guard and kind of run him over or just throw him to the side. We've seen him do it blocking on the other side of the ball for years. So Mercedes anywhere along the line,
1: I think that's just a great that's a great choice. Oh yeah, absolutely. And I think that's a good thing you recommend is like, Hey, maybe he's not going to be able to set the edge a little bit with those strong tackles and other tight ends. You'd have to go up against maybe slip him inside, go up against a, you know, the tackle guard combo or just the guard specifically. So I do get another selection here. Um, I'm going to make it easy on myself because this was kind of difficult for me last week. There was always a position that I felt was really, really hard to pinpoint. And I think you you smashed it with your pick at linebacker with A.J. Dillon. Um, so I'm going to get mine out of the way just because I think it is a little more difficult. And I do see more value, just like we saw last year, for some skill positions and specifically DBs because there's multiple positions there. You see a lot of athletes coming from that uh, offensive side of the ball or special teams to play defense. So I'm going to go ahead and take my linebacker here, really solidify that that front seven um, and that's someone that you know. I I truly you want to talk about someone that hasn't found a home yet. Like I mentioned, you know, Yash Neijman. Nij- I think this player specifically is just like I don't know what you're going to get from him yet. There's a ton of potential with him because he was Matt Lafleur's golden boy um, when he was drafted, and really, it, it, it's it's a make or break year for him because with Robert Tunyon out, with Daphne maybe not making the roster, with Mercedes Mercedes getting older, you know, it's really really him and uh, Tyler Davis, and that's obviously Josiah Deguara. I see him yeah. being a solid inside linebacker, solid linebacker. Definitely not as athletic as A.J. Dillon. Let's just get that out in front. I think he's more of a Jake Ryan in contrast, maybe an A.J. Hawk, which would be A.J. Dillon. Mm-hmm. He's going he's gonna to be solid up the middle. He's going to make some plays. Sideline on the sideline might not be as fast, but I think he's a really, really solid firm tackler, and that's what I'm looking for my defense because Mercedes is going to probably dictate a double team. Josiah is gonna be able to fill the gap up the middle when the running back coming through the hole so I go with Josiah Deguara finish out my second or my front seven um thankfully to my credit didn't take anyone on Janelle's board I feel really really good about that so we'll see how that trends here as we get into the the second round but any thoughts on Josiah Deguara and if you think he's has a lick of a chance at linebacker
2: yeah I mean like you said you know definitely not the athleticism and the speed maybe of AJ Dillon but a guy his size, uh, and again, when you're playing tight end, I feel like tight end, the middle linebacker, are two positions that when you get when you come into the league, they take the longest to develop and grow into because you really have to know everything going on, whether it's on the offensive side of the ball, tight end, or defense when you're a linebacker. So I see the you know the correlation there, and Josiah Deguara, he's a big guy. He obviously knows the game very well. And yeah, like you said, I could see him just being like a thumper, up the middle, run-stopping kind of linebacker. Definitely someone that it would be fun to see him take some snaps out there.
1: So now we go to the middle of the second round with JMFT, that being Janelle Mackey football team. So like we said, her number one and two linebackers are off the board. She has one left, and Eli and I already – Grabbed one, so we'll let that linebacker sit and you know give her some good value on the third round. I think that's that's the least we could do here. Um, She had her number one D lineman out there, so we don't need to worry about that. I'm going to give her her number one overall defensive back. This will be the first defensive back coming off the board. Again, ton of value here. I'm excited to see who you have to pick for yours, and then whoever's left. I think mine's kind of a little bit of an obscure one, but that you know, be it as it may, we're picking nine people total, so get as wild and crazy as you want. Um, Janelle's going to pick someone that's never taken a snap in the NFL yet. Uh, has a ton of productivity in uh, college football. Is an absolute monster if you think about size at six four. Uh, that being Christian Watson, he's going to play defensive back. Now, truth be told, we don't know if where Janelle's squad, whether she's the offensive defensive coordinator or maybe she's just the GM, but where does Christian Watson fall? Is he a cornerback? Is he a safety? Either one, he's going to be a physical specimen. I mean, I would be more like a Richard Sherman at safety, or excuse me, at cornerback. Safety could be like a cam chancellor, maybe not as big as a body, but an absolute, you know, tall secondary guy, wherever you're going to slot him in. And I think, that's a, that's a damn good pick. I mean, that's probably one of my, you know, sec, the sexier picks next to your AJ Dillon ones. Like I would love to see Christian Watson on either side of the ball, maybe going hand to hand combat with Allen Lazard, Mari Rogers, you know, some of these young guys they've brought in recently from the draft or free agency. It would be, it would be a fun battle to see, but um, Janelle finishes her second round with uh, Christian Watson at DB.
2: Yeah. Uh, Watson, that's, that's a good pick. Obviously his size, his speed. Those are things that, I mean, most cornerbacks we see are either around six feet, potentially a little anywhere from five eleven to six one. You're usually not getting above that. And so you get Watson with the speed and the size. He's that kind of guy who could go up against those big time receivers in the NFL, the guys going up for the jump balls, ripping them down the deep ball kind of guys. So yeah, uh Jen definitely had a good selection there with her defensive back.
1: No doubt, no doubt. So now she's going to have to finish when we get to the third round, get her linebacker. Um, You're in a spot like I was last week. You have one guy, a lot of names have flown off the board. I think there's been some really fun picks that have already gone. But you have your linebacker, A.J. Dillon. He's your number one overall, right? He was the the smash of going to be maybe the core of your linebacking or core of your defense, going to have the green dot on his helmet, probably calling plays. Where do you go here, Eli? We got the number one, probably the D-line's a little bit thinner than we already thought it would be. There's definitely some options there. Defensive back, one guy gone, ton of options there when it comes to skill position, dudes that could transfer over. Who's your first pick um, in the second round?
2: So this one, you know, it may may be controversial, but I got to go with it because I see the logic and I think it's fun. And I think I got to go with Aaron Rodgers as a safety uh, you know when you when you are Aaron Rodgers and you have the knowledge that you have of of offenses in general, and you put him on the other side, the way he goes and looks at a defense and can read a defense. If you put him on defense, he can go look at the offense and read an offense. And I believe I, I can't quote it for sure, but I know that I that I've seen him before in the past mention that he's played some safety at some level of his career uh, playing football whether it was in high school obviously I doubt it was in college so must have been in high school but you know you got to be really smart to play that position and uh, maybe not at 37 38 years old but Aaron Rodgers when he when he came into the league he he definitely had some speed obviously not necessarily the speed of your average NFL safety but enough speed paired with the knowledge that he has of of, of offenses I think he would be able to be that guy who could, almost like Earl Thomas, just like read the quarterback and just always find himself around the football. Obviously, the speed wouldn't be there with your traditional safety, but I think he would be able to make up for it with his knowledge and his brains and getting to the right place when he needs to be there. So we're about a
1: Draft and a half through that means there's about really terrible quick math here, but about yeah, 12, 13 selections already gone, maybe 14, 15, depending on who's counting. I think this has to be the most shocking one to me, Eli. Like, I, I think a, a, a quarterback playing safety is really, really solid. I just don't see Aaron Rodgers. Like, I mean, dude's fragile, right? Like, collarbone issues, yeah. lower body issues. Like, I don't know. How many, I mean, his, his mental IQ is top-notch. Like, he's going to be fantastic at that. Earl Thomas, great call-out by you there. I just, I don't know if he's durable enough to be playing in this this 2022 NFL where you got to be coming up and hitting big guys over the middle and whatnot. But, I mean, I, that's the only yeah. argument I really have. I wish Janelle yeah. was here to, uh, I guess, I would I would love to hear her reaction.
2: Yeah, no, look, I mean, I definitely understand that it could seem like an out-of-the-box kind of choice. but. I was I was really I was between him and Randall Cobb honestly okay. because you know I saw Cobb, you know, again, veteran, knows the game extremely well, has the right size, can probably be like a good slot corner. But thinking about just you know, again, as I said in the beginning, between both logic and fun, I think Aaron Rodgers just beat out Randall Cobb where there's a where there's enough logic to beat out maybe the reality of the situation. But I think Aaron Rodgers, you know, if he was at safety, he'd come down with a couple picks every season. And yeah, he might miss he might miss a few games if he tried to light someone up. But that's just the risk you got to take when you're putting your quarterback at safety.
1: Fair enough, fair enough. So uh, Aaron Rodgers swaps spots with some of the secondary boys, and now you need your defensive line. I mean, game is one in the trenches. Janelle and I already both have ours. Definitely some big boys you could put down in there, but maybe not the body type that you necessarily want. Um, you know, I think David Box here, I'm just going to throw that name out there. Not any idea if you're going to go with him. I just don't feel like he would translate well to D-line. Great offensive tackle, right? Probably one of the premier ones over the last decade, but I don't know if he translates as well. So I'm interested to see who you pick here at D-line and um, kind of where you slot them in across that uh, that front.
2: Yeah, so this was probably my most challenging one because just looking at the offensive line, feel like it's easier to project a defensive lineman to be able to block someone than it is to project an offensive lineman beating someone and getting to the quarterback just because you don't see it as much but like in your brain but I think Elton Jenkins and his versatility I think you could line him up over the center you could line him over a guard obviously I mean he wouldn't be an edge rusher but I think he could be either a nose tackle or a defensive tackle and you could just put him next to Kenny Clark. Like if you had Kenny Clark, Devontae Wyatt, and Elton Jenkins in the middle, you know those three with Preston Smith and Rashawn Gary on the edge, and that's your front five. Like that's pretty. That's a scary thought for an offense. Elton Jenkins. I mean, if you're able to go and play center, and then play left tackle, and then play left guard, and then play right tackle, and play right ta- and right guard, he's all over the field. Clear. I mean, I, I don't think he would have any problems going over to the defensive side, doing what he's done on offense but doing it defensively, and I just think it would be really cool. I mean, he's, to me, like, I mean, one of the most versatile players I've ever seen. It's just incredible. It's not just that, you know, a lot of people can maybe play in different spots, but he can play in different spots at an all-pro level all over the place, and it's just something you don't see.
1: I mean, I'm going to butcher the Dumb and Dumber line here it's one of my favorite movies but it's like you made a boneheaded move like that being Aaron Rodgers at safety and then you totally redeem yourself with Elton Jenkins at D-line I mean that's exactly what you just did not only is he a super super versatile dude an absolutely monster but I just think the value just got him at is incredible like and he's super young the versatility I, I don't think is matched by anyone on this team I mean there's a couple guys maybe here and there but not with the absolute you know just talent overall that he has that that tier of talent who is going to be an all-pro throughout his career it's it's an absolute smash of a I would say of a pick there and you exactly. round out your team with some really good I would say overall just like really good like football heads like you got Elton Jenkins, AJ Dillon, Aaron Rodgers like these guys know ball as they say yeah. like that's a solid solid team so Janelle now is in the position where she has to pick the linebacker. She unfortunately gets the third linebacker off the board that she wanted. Again, she goes with the youth movement here. She went with Yash Nijman at D-line in the first round. She came back with the Christian Watson um, at defensive back. And then she's going to go with Zach Tom out of UCLA, uh, a gentleman that will um, – you know, Zach know. Wake Forest. Wake Forest. UCLA, Wake Forest. Wake yeah. Forest. Thank you. Um, Who's never played an offensive snap yet for the Packers. So another young couple guys, she's building her defense around. Shout out to her. I think it's a solid team. I don't know if it's – this This kind of reminds me maybe more of a Mike Pettin defense, not relying on the – um maybe even Dom Capers, even if you will, like not relying on the linebackers as much, letting the perimeter guys in the front seven really establish – or excuse yeah. me, the front three, front four. So that's kind of how I would look at her team. Any thoughts on Zach Tom, the guy out of Wake Forest, how he would translate into uh, the linebacker spot?
2: If I mean, if I was Jen, I feel like she maybe looked at Zach Tom almost the way I looked at Elton Jenkins in the terms of the versatility, because we know Tom also played center, played some tackle. He's, you know, moved around, and I think that probably factored into her decision. And then, you know, Tom – obviously being an offensive lineman is a bigger guy, but if you're that versatile and if you can imagine in a world where he was just a little bit thinner, you know, he could be, I mean, I, I could see him being a, a hard hitting middle linebacker, maybe not a 2022 kind of middle linebacker, maybe more of like an eighties kind of linebacker, but I could see that as, as something that he could turn into. Solid.
1: I like it. Um. So Ultimately the last pick is on me, which I'm totally fine with. Uh shockingly too, I'm just gonna set the stage here just the last couple of moments, is no running back has been selected. I mean, I mean AJ yeah. Dillon there, but like I'm saying, like it's tough to see like these shorter guys play D back. And like I would yeah. really love to get Aaron Jones' at defensive back. That's not gonna happen. I mean, AJ Dillon, I think, is a perfect linebacker. You know, Patrick Taylor not gonna get in the mix. I think you know, Goodson not gonna get in the mix for me there. And then you look elsewhere, it's like, well, I'm not putting a, a tight end at D back and I'm not. Right. I'm definitely not going to put you know to argue with you. I don't feel comfortable putting Randall Cobb at D back. I I think putting Aaron Rodgers at D back makes way more sense than Randall Cobb. So like the list gets pretty thin for me here. And as crazy as it would be to see you know Paddle Donnell or Mason Crosby playing in the secondary, I also you know value uh, the health of my players and the longevity yeah. and um, CTE is a real thing. So I don't think that would work out yeah. for them. So I'm gonna go with someone a little bit off the ball here. I, I really at the end of the day I look at this guy and he's. Bounced around the league a little bit. It's been on some different teams, but I think his athleticism has just kept him there. Um, we've seen some pretty great catches from him from from the Packers the last couple of years. I don't know where he fits this year um, on this roster. Andy Herman has done a really, really good job on the video side of the the podcast on uh, YouTube for Packaday podcast, just kind of talking about the receivers and where they're going to line up and it's every every time I listen to him go through a depth chart or the receivers or a training camp preview it's like he has this like six seven guys that he keeps rotating through and this gentleman is always on the bubble so maybe he could find his way onto the defensive side of the ball but that's gonna be Juwan Winfrey I think the way yeah. he goes up and gets the ball is is really really he's really talented with that the Packers don't really have a god of guys right now that can go and snatch the ball out of the air um that'll be remain to be seen when it comes to Christian Watson but I think if you needed a jump ball right now, Juwan Winfrey's your guy. Um, and I look at him, and I think he could translate well over there. Like I said, hasn't had a ton of success in the league, but I think his versatility that he's played special teams, I think he could play some defensive back, and I would definitely put him at corner. Uh, that, that's where I would slot him in to be able to jam a little bit, go up and get a jump ball, back shoulder throws, defend that. Um, but that's gonna my squad. So I got Mercedes Lewis at D-line, Josiah DeGuar at linebacker, and Juwan Winfrey at DB. I think and I am thankful that you selected Elton Jenkins, Eli, because as I was going down this board here, I mean, the people on Twitter last week when we were promoting this a little bit after it came out, you know, people were pretty, they had some good takes, but I think a lot of people were like, how did you guys not pick Adrian Amos? Like Adrian Amos at quarterback would have been a smash and I doing some reachers. I think he actually did play quarterback in high school, if I'm not mistaken. So, you know, our scouting department screwed up. Now, I think Mm -hmm. if Elton Jenkins would have left on the board, we would have had probably double the people. In, you know, in the mention saying it. So is there anyone real quick, as we wrap up anyone that you think that maybe you should have been selected, should have gotten snubbed, everyone fell into the right place or what are your thoughts so far on the rest of the uh, gentlemen left that could have been selected?
2: Um, I, I did think for a minute that it could be interesting to see potentially Amari Rogers in, in a linebacker <laughs> position because he's got kind of like a, a thicker build, uh, and I, I can kind of see him being that sideline to sideline kind of linebacker that the NFL today kind of needs. I'm trying to think, of, you know, like a uh, <clears throat> I don't know what that Devin White, you know, just kind of like you know, come com- compact kind of guy, thick, strong, you know, because everyone says when we drafted him, you know, he's a receiver, but he's kind of built like a running back. Similarly, you know, when I went with AJ Dillon being my linebacker amari rogers i kind of see similar to aj dylan he's got those big legs thick compact kind of guy so he could have been someone i saw get onto this list and then um outside of that i mean i do agree with the amos call um like you mentioned for last week's list at quarterback mm-hmm. uh but but yeah honestly i think the three of us came out with some pretty good teams
1: Mari Rodgers, definitely. Like you mentioned, Devin White. I think you would translate to Devin Bush. Same type of yeah. thing. Sideline-to-sideline sideline type linebacker and just new age. So I like where we're at. I think it's a solid – um solid draft here i think it was an enjoyable draft to think about would, at this point it would be fun especially in this offseason to go throw these guys in madden switch them around a little bit sim it out see what yeah. type of stats they would get maybe that's something i'll do uh because at this time of the year we're a little bit stagnant when it comes to football i mean there's been some good stuff this week for the packers and some positive things that have came out happy to see that and it's i think we're in a, a new wave of how the green bay packers are going to play football dan orzlowski had a good tweet out on friday morning just talking about how they're going to transition a little bit away from the air raid probably go more the ground and pound and i think that's absolutely where they're going. And it's just a different wave of the Packers. And they're kind of zigging when everyone's zagging in this NFL with the the Joe Burrows of the world, the Justin Herberts, the Patrick Mahomes, et cetera, et cetera. And I think it's going to be interesting to see how this team progresses through the offseason. But um, as we wrap up here, Eli, I'll give you the first word. Um, where can everyone get in contact with you? What do you have cooking? And uh, what's going on right now through, I guess, until the next two months, until we have uh, two, three months until we have NFL football?
2: Yeah, so uh, throughout, you know, the next couple months, I'll be, you know, following minicamp, OTAs, training camp, whatever other news uh, that comes out. Obviously, it is a slower time of the year, but anything that does happen, I will be, uh, you know, covering it. And you can find any of my work on my Twitter page at Book of Eli underscore NFL. I will also be doing some writing for Packer Report uh, as we approach the season, some fun training camp battles roster predictions, stuff like that. And then as always, uh, you can find me, Jen and Zach Jacobson on Open book uh, from Game on Wisconsin every Wednesday night at 8 pm. Central. And uh, yeah, I'm just I'm really excited to get to training camp and get the season underway because like you said a minute ago, Matt, the Packers this year they really are. They're going kind of almost against what the NFL is turning into and they're kind of almost seeming like old-school kind of football. They've added a ton to the defense. I've never been more confident in a Packers defense. We know the running game's there. Aaron Rodgers is there. Oh, you know, We just need a receiver or two to step up. Not, not We don't even need a Devontae, I think, at this point, with the defense that we have right now. As long as special teams doesn't completely screw us, I think the Packers, I mean, they're in a really, really good spot right now, and I'm very excited about the season.
1: Yeah. I mean, I couldn't agree more. I think it, you nailed it on the head with everything, but specifically the receivers, like we don't need a Devontae Adams. We don't need an absolute superstar there. We just need some guys to contribute. And the Packers have been on that road before when um, those younger years, with Devontae yeah. Adams and some of those hodgepods receiving cores, they put in and got them to the playoffs and made a run at one point or two. So ultimately I think it's going to be a, a hell of an offseason. I'm excited to see what this team looks like once we get into the final 53. Um, as I mentioned, Janelle couldn't make it tonight, but got to give her her props as always, like Eli said, You can find her and Jacob or Zach Jacobson on open book during Wednesdays. Um, Also, you can find Janelle on Twitter at big Mac underscore four. That's at B I G M A C K underscore four, like Brett Favre. You can find me Matt Freilich on Twitter at Matt underscore Frey underscore. That's at M A T T underscore F R A underscore. This is the time of year where I don't do it. I don't really blog at all. I, the amount of blogging I do is within about 280 characters, Eli. So whatever kind of pops in my brain whether it be meme related you know super super superlatives as such projections of a depth chart looking at some you know videos that you put out on your timeline which are great that make me like oh shit i forgot about that incredible throw aaron rodgers had in 2018 and it just you know those are the types of things that keep me motivated through this offseason and doing some fantasy football prep but overall As always, if you haven't already followed, like, subscribed, commented, rated, reviewed, do whatever the hell you can on a platform for a podcast, uh, please do so. We really appreciate it. It continues the growth of this podcast as we're on, shoot, I don't even know, close to 1,500 episodes, I believe at this point. I probably should know right offhand, but it's absolutely phenomenal. If you're supporting us on... The audio side, as I said, make sure you're following us on Twitter, but specifically get to YouTube, listen and watch Andy Herman on Packaday Podcast over there. He does a phenomenal job. And I'm not just saying that because he lets us be a part of Pack-A-Day Podcast on the audio side. It's really, really good stuff. I have to actually go and finish one that I was watching or listening to on my commute to work today. Um, really, really good breakdown of just what he saw at mini camp, what he's seeing, because, you know, unfortunately or fortunately, the information for nfl teams is very very compact and compressed and it's in you know only if a few people have you know their eyes and ears at practices so andy herman is fortunately one of those people and he allows us to i guess listen and talk about it and hear about what his perspective is so ton of good stuff over there and make sure you go obviously subscribe comment and you know let him know any of your horrible horrible food or pizza takes i'm sure he'll interact with you in the comments there but for eli berkovitz janelle Mackey. And Matt Fralick, we are out. You guys have a great weekend. Enjoy your summer weekend again. And as always, Go Go Pack Pack, Go! (laughs)